0: Good Friday, everyone. Welcome to the VolQuest.com mailbag podcast brought to you by Blue Water Climate Control. Be sure to check them out at BlueWaterClimateControl.com or check them out on Twitter at BlueH20 underscore climate with Austin Price and Rob Lewis. I'm Brent Hubbs. Glad to have you along with us. We'll jump right into the questions here because uh, I think we all share some of the same questions, fans and media people alike. uh, That's on our minds right now. So let's roll right into uh, Vol lovers question. Assuming we play football this season, will the Vols wear any kind of patch, helmet, sticker, etc.? and member of coach majors? Are there any plans by the school to formally memorialize him? We'll get to that one in a second. Let's go to the second part of his question is for you, Rob. What's the plan to cover the loss of Ponds if he does indeed leave for the NBA? Who could you see stepping into that void and being a compliment to focus in the post? If Ponds is gone, how much does that diminish the ten- Tennessee's chances of having a special season?
1: I mean, there, there is no plan if you're talking about adding somebody to the roster. I mean, because of the way the, the draft has been pushed back, I mean, he, he doesn't have to decide at all. I mean, you know, with the new rules, you can go through the draft, and if you don't get picked, you can come back to school. The draft's not going to be until October. Tennessee's not going to be able to add anybody in October. So, that's I mean, that's a that's a non-starter. and And it's no guarantee he's going to be drafted. But he's, you know, he's in the mix. I mean, it's just going to be something Tennessee fans are going to have to wait on. Rick Barnes and his staff are going to have to wait on. Does but, anybody uh, fall in love with him? That's the biggest thing. Yeah, I mean, it just, and it just takes one team. And and I will well, say that if, if I think he – based off what I'm hearing, if he gets picked in the second round somewhere, I think he leaves. I mean, I, I, I could be wrong about that. But, I, I mean, I, I think he will go. And I don't I, – I, because he's not he's not going to be a first-round pick. You know, he's not going to suddenly turn into a 20-game 20, 20 score this year and you know, elevate his stock to the point where he's, you know, a first-round pick and guaranteed money. As far as what it does to Tennessee's chances for a special season, I mean, I think it's a real blow. I mean, he's the SEC Defensive Player of the Year. I don't think you're going to put plug Olivier, and, you know, Law into that role and, and not have a big drop-off. I don't think you're going to plug Corey Walker, who I think is going to be a really good player down the road. but. You're not going to put Corey Walker in, in his spot and, and not have a big drop off. So, yeah, I mean, if if, if Ease isn't back, I mean, I, I think Tennessee will still be really good. I think they'll be a top-20 team. I think they'll be the tournament. But I don't think they're competing for the SEC championship, and I certainly don't think that they're, you know, pushing to be the first Final Four team this program's had.
0: All right, Rob. So how specific is the calendar right now in terms of, you know, because always you had the pre-draft workouts in Chicago where guys had a chance to – work out in front of all the teams to fall in love with. And then you have the draft there. What's, what's the window here. I mean, looking like, I I mean, I mean, I don't think we're going to have any workouts,
1: I I just don't, unless something changes drastically, you know, right now the the drafts in October, we're sitting here in the middle of July. I I mean, the, I mean, we're talking about canceling all this, you know, everything. So, I mean, I don't think the NBA is going to be putting guys on planes and, flying them around to workouts. I mean, the NBA is getting ready to start playing their own kind of season in a bubble right. in Orlando. So, I mean, you know, scouting, evaluating prospects is, I think, way in the rearview mirror. So, I mean, do, do maybe NBA scouts go to college campuses and, and, and watch these guys. Work? That's something I could maybe see happening. Like, they, you know, the scouts themselves travel and do workouts, you know, work are, are allowed to work guys out on their own – college campuses, which is not something that's happened before. But, um, you know, for – I mean, Tennessee's not going to be the only program in this situation. There's going to be a lot of guys that are that are in Eves' position, which is, you know, not a lot to go in the second round, but is, is on a lot of teams' radar. And um, it's going to be a bad deal for Tennessee if, you know, October rolls around and he gets
0: picked 52nd by, you know, by the Toronto Raptors or whoever, and he's out of here. So, you think there's going to be a good number of kids that are in, like, Eve's situation. They're all going to go to school in August, work out with their team, prepare like they're going to get ready for the season, and then if the season were to start on time, which is a huge if, then a month outside of the start of that season, you might not have that guy on your team. That's the window, right? That's what I think. And, I
1: mean, and, and excuse me, it also depends on if you hired, if the agent you're working with is an NCAA certified guy, which Eve's is, and there's only a handful of those dudes. I mean, some guys, you know, probably are like, I'm, I'm out of here. If I don't get drafted, I'm going to Europe. I don't think Eves is in that situation. I mean, I don't think Eves is looking at it like that. I, mean, I think if he doesn't get drafted, I don't, I don't think he's headed back to Europe. If that was what he was going to do, he would
2: you know, probably stayed over there. And, and if he gets drafted, Eves Ponds is just another great example that Rick Barnes can show to future recruits. So we took this guy, here's video clips from early in his career. Here's video clips from the Defensive Player of the Year when he left. I mean, I, their ability to develop is, is, has been has been well documented and well proven, and he, he's a perfect example. Yep. And, and that's why I don't get the I
1: don't
0: get the plastic haters. That's why I would I would not sleep on plastic turning into something. Just give it some time. All right. So if you're Tennessee from the football standpoint, Austin, what do you do? What do you do to honor Coach Majors this fall if there's football, or in the spring if there's football?
2: I probably do some type of decal or patch, you know, just or something or on the uniform, it. or or you know, put a put a logo at the forty four yard line.
1: I think Jerry, I think Jeremy should wear a coat and tie and that boss overcoat that Johnny wore against Notre Dame in '92.
0: That is a that was that was not '92, but that was '91. Yeah, me. that was a boss overcoat for sure. Uh, I, I see Jeremy Pruitt like what's the guy in that really bad movie? Uh, what was the really bad football movie that had, like, Simbad and Kathy Ireland and the guy from Quantum League. Oh, Scott Bakula. Yeah, what, come on, what's the name of that movie? What is the name of that? Quantum um, League. Necessary Roughness. But unnecessary Roughness. Yeah, un- remember when the coach is, like, filling in and he comes in and, like, he's wearing the shirt and tie and he rips it off at the half and loses his mind on, on his team? All right, that's a really obscure reference for bad movies. Coming right? up
2: later in the podcast, Tubbs <laughs> will reference Matlock. <laughs> He'll also reference Blossom and Saved by the Bell. Uh, hey,
1: don't you hate on Matlock and Andy Griffith. Come on, AP. Uh,
0: as, well, I love as, Matlock. As uh, no, we don't like Matlock here. Matlock here. Uh, as for plans to formally memorialize him, I, I mean, I don't see a statue. I, I don't see Tennessee. I, I don't see Tennessee doing anything like that, other than something in the Hall of Fame for him, but. You you know you never know, but I don't I don't envision them putting up a statue of him next to you know General Nealon or anything like that. I I don't envision that that being the case. Uh, Again, his his
2: initials at the forty five yard line
0: at the hash. I like that. I like that. I, I, I do. I, I think that's pretty good. Um, I heart calls old guy here reminiscing about Big Orange meltdowns after losing recruits such as Jared Jones from Walla Walla, Washington. And Jake Housewright, both of whom turned out to be for not. Any names come to mind for you guys that the program didn't sign but managed to survive?
1: How can you not mention Mark Packer putting Brandon Ward on TV locally just so he could pick Florida State? Packer, shout out if you're listening. <laughs> Tone deaf.
0: I tell you what, uh, I tell you. That's
1: an all-timer, was it I, not? Well, yeah. That and was, Huber had a re-side seat for that one.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, Hub set up there
0: and, was yeah, say uh, endorsed it. Yeah, that was not – I didn't endorse it. That was not – that one was not going to end well. We all knew. I knew it sitting at the table. Um, I'd say another one was the Patrick Turner meltdown. When Turner, was Patrick, Pat, Patrick was a pretty good player at Southern Cal, but not the five-star guy. And remember that story, Pat, and I was talking to somebody at Tennessee at the time, Patrick Turner. Word leaked that he was committed to Southern Cal while Tennessee was in an in-home visit with him and got word to the coach that was in the in-home that, hey, he's committed to Southern Cal, and they asked him, and he absolutely told them no, um, that he was not committed, but he, he was committed. He committed to Southern Cal and was trying to keep it quiet uh, and until after that Tennessee in-home visit. So Tennessee learned he was committed to Southern Cal, sitting across the dinner table from him in an in-home visit. What about uh Paul leading the horse to trough on uh T
2: Higgins and then he picked Clemson yeah, T, way to I go mean, Paul.
0: I mean T did T did commit. I mean he was committed to Tennessee at one point, right? Yeah. Um I don't know, I'm trying to think of other guys that were that were thinking of, I I mean I just remember the Patrick Turner one was pretty pretty significant you had a couple of kids from stone mountain georgia that decommitted on went, signing went day, to lsu went to lsu did not necessarily pan out in a big time way but those yeah i'm knocking there. on wood i don't know if you can hear that i'm knocking on wood here but <laughs> the falls haven't had that like late late flip against them well, in such a long time yeah because everything is i mean everything is done so early now that you're, you don't you don't get up on signing day and have a lot of drama Darnell Washington was trying to have drama, but everybody knew the answer to that one. It's just – it's hard to keep something uh, – a secret all the way to the finish line, which is what makes a guy like Smile Munden interesting to me because oh, he has been able favorite. to keep everybody at bay right now, you know? He's it's, my favorite. Everybody's total speculation with him because nobody truly knows. He's done a good job with that at this point. Harrison, right, to- Smith – I was going to say Harrison Smith was a pretty good one.
1: It wasn't a Brandon yeah. Warren
0: level – you're right. I mean, th- you know, that was a whole deal there that was about what position he was going to play, and there's all this talk about who was holding who hostage and what position. Yeah, and I
1: think one, once his dad wouldn't let Philip Former come in, and do a home visit, you kind of saw the writing on the wall, so it probably wasn't as much
0: drama there. But uh, and, that was, and, and he turned out to be a better player than most people anticipated. Oh, he my God. I no mean, kidding. you know. I mean, when it was, there was a lot of people like, yeah, he can't play safety at Notre Dame or whatever. And all he's doing is playing it in the National Football League. So, uh, ironically, he didn't
2: really play it at Notre Dame. He played, but he now plays it in the NFL. That's the best part of all.
0: At a pretty high level. And he was a, I'll say this, I was one of those who didn't, did not see, I did not see him being this type of player um, at all. And uh, he certainly proved me wrong. He's a really good football player, really good dude, by the way, as well. He um, is a great guy. He is a really good guy. Really <laughs> good guy after getting to know him. He comes back to Be, Knoxville. Before there was Cade, for me, there was oh, Harrison
2: Smith. Oh, there was Austin? Harrison he was, Smith. He was the original Uncle Austin guy? He was. He was the original <laughs> Uncle Austin client. He just didn't come to Tennessee.
0: All right, let's go um, to Deshaun13. What do you guys think of Florida taking all these transfers and losing recruits every year to grades? Is that a sustainable formula for success? You know, I haven't looked at it that closely. I'll say this. Anybody taking transfers for this season, I think, is in a high risk. of get, I mean, because, look, you take a grad transfer guy, it's going to cost you an initial. What are you going to get out of it right now, given all the unknowns of, of what a football season is going to look like? Could be a not a full season. Maybe you play in the spring. Who knows what happens there? I, I think – I don't know that you get a return on your investment with a grad transfer right now um, based on what it costs you. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how many of these guys in the transfer portal don't have a place to land when all is said and done. And we don't know when all is said and done, is going to be. Uh, But as for Florida specifically, I mean, look, there, whether they, a lot of people think they're going to win the East, you know, um, are, are right there with Georgia to win the East. So, so far, it seems like it's been pretty sustainable for them and their coaching transition. So, uh, only time will tell on that. Uh, Ma Vaugh asked, uh, in this in the chat, they said, and did not get a response, we got a pretty good idea on the 2021 class of targets for O-line and D-line that the balls are after. Given how critical the lines of scrimmages are to the success in the SEC, who are the 22 and 23 names that Tennessee is pursuing um, in both lines of scrimmage? To the extent that you guys know so far, uh, who, of these high play- who of these players have us higher on their list uh, and are more likely for us to have a shot with in 22 and 23. I, I, Austin, I don't know a full list of defensive linemen in, in the classes of 22 and 23. I think you start with a kid from North Mississippi. Um, yeah, Walter Nolan, IMG, who's now at IMG. He may, be the, he may be a top five player in the country at all positions, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, he may be a yeah, – he, or he could be the number one player in the country overall. I mean, that's the kind of player Walter Nolan is. He's got family that lives in Memphis – as I said a while back, Tennessee's gonna, uh, you know, recruit him like he lives in Knoxville. I mean, that, that's how they view this kid. Um, you know, Jacob Hood's a big kid in the in the mid state that they pushed back um, in, to twenty two. He's reclassified because he did kind of start you know, school at a young age, so he's technically, you know, really probably should be the twenty two class anyways. Um, you know, there you know a couple of linemen in the state of Georgia uh, that Will friends already after. Um, the state of North Carolina. It's a, kid a of Whitehaven, too,
0: right? The alignment at Whitehaven. Yeah, a
2: aluba a Someone Tennessee's evaluating. Um, they like him. I'm not sure that you know. I'm not sure they're in love with him as much as you know they're in love with, you know, William Parker or, or they or they were in love with Dietrich Pennington um, from an in-state standpoint. Um, so you know, they're alignment you know, are are crucial. Um, you know, but at the same time. You know, I think offensive linemen especially are, are more of a developmental position unless you got a top-end guy. Walter Nolan's a defensive lineman. Tennessee obviously will love to be in it with Travis Shaw, a big-time defensive lineman that we visited with out of the state of North Carolina. Um And then there are other guys. But there's a, I think there's a really good def- – I can't think of the name to escape. There's a really good defensive lineman in the state of Virginia as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, there is that kid in Virginia. I forgot about him. Virginia, by the way, is a really good-looking state for 22. Yes. A lot of good-looking players, a lot of really high-profile prospects. Probably the best year in the state of Virginia in 22 in a long, long time. Um, Let's go to Volunteered87. As an unbiased spectator, what's the best high school basketball game uh, experience you personally had? It doesn't necessarily have to be a wild-ending buzzer beater, but more in terms of an intense rivalry. Uh, Felt like a high school game maybe on steroids. Anybody seen a great high school? Rob, you've seen all these summer camp games. What what were some of the yeah, I was gonna
1: say I don't I don't I don't see many actual high school games. I mean I I see all these kids play in the summertime. Uh, one of the best ones I ever saw was I mean, years ago was um JJ Reddick against Raymond Felton uh at a little at, at, at a tournament in, in Chapel Hill in North Carolina. Uh both of those guys were really, really balling. Um yeah,
2: I thought you were going to say Cock County versus Jeff County, 1987.
1: No, I, I don't remember that one. I did. I do remember one <laughs> where uh, I was uh, watching – this is an actual high school game that I was watching in Birmingham, which is Eric Bledsoe. And uh, they had to call the game – I mean, not a, not a great part of Birmingham. They had to call the game in the second half because a fight broke out in the stands <laughs> and spilled out onto the court. Did they uh, – Pretty intense, but actually, I do have one. Did you
0: see um, Carmelo and LeBron play? I saw Carmelo
1: and LeBron play a gajillion years ago at what used to be called the ABCD camp in New Jersey, and Carmelo was a year older. And everybody, I mean, everybody knew who LeBron was. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I mean, he was a year younger, and Carmelo was like the the top dog, like his, in his in in the what was the rising senior class. And he and LeBron played, and I think LeBron scored maybe like 38 in the game and, and, and hit a buzzer beater and his team won um, at the end. But I did see – this is an actual high school game. I saw um, – I guess it was Melrose and whoever Joe Jackson played for, White Station perhaps, I forget, in Memphis. And uh, when Chris Tennessee was recruiting Chris Jones and Joe Jackson was a point guard that everybody thought was better, and uh, Chris Jones tore him up and uh, hit a – ended the first half, like a hit, hit a three-quarter court. Buzzer beater before the before halftime, and uh, you know his, his team dominated, and, and and they won that game. So that, that, there's a few off the top of my head, but again, I don't I
0: see a lot of get ball in summer. I don't see a lot of actual high school games. All right, let's go to LF Ball here, Austin. Does Ty Simpson delaying a decision indicate any unresolved concerns about Tennessee, are the balls still well positioned there? Yes, they're well positioned there.
2: I you know I, I think that more than anything, I you know I don't know what they delayed it to, but you know, um, the the, game, the goal was to get through his junior season before he did anything. So he wasn't going to do anything before, you know, late November at the absolute earliest anyway. So.
0: Yeah, I was,
1: was going to say, I mean, he, the kid's about started his junior year of high school. I mean, was he
0: delaying a decision? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think just because quarterbacks come off the board so early, a lot of people, you know, were thinking that maybe. And I think he had, he had given a quote somewhere along the way that, you know, whenever he was ready, he would – he would do it, but he's been pretty consistent and his family's been pretty consistent, Austin, that they weren't, they were not going to do anything until after this football season. I mean, that's been his pretty consistent message with you, right? Yeah, very much so. I mean, you know, talking to
2: both he and his dad, they were going to get through his junior season and, and, you know, validate everything, you know, from his, his game standpoint before they, before they do anything.
0: Well, the other thing too, is, I mean, like, so like everybody in the country, he was, he did not get the opportunity to go see some schools in the summer. And I think had there been an open, you know, open travel and and been able to get on the road, I think he and his dad would have gone and seen some places this summer, worked out at some more schools and, and kind of gone through the process, which could maybe have sped it up a little bit. I'm not saying it would have, but once he couldn't do anything this summer, it certainly put the end of the fall or end of this junior season play uh, season definitely on the table is what they were going to do. All right, YouTube Sportsman 16 outside of quarterback, who's the most important player for the Vols this season? I'm going to go Henry Tooto.
2: Because I think that if they lost him, it would be really really uh, damaging to the defensive side of the ball. You, don't now, think you it's can two? you huh? You don't think it's number 2? No, you said no, outside of quarterback. I, Oh, I'm
0: sorry. Good I'm, I'm um, outside of quarterback. Oh, then I would
2: agree. And even if, even if you include a quarterback, I think you you could plug in somebody else and they could win games. I think if if eleven goes out, that they're just you just don't know what you have behind that. Jeremy Banks hasn't played in a year. Kavars Crouch has never played full time inside backer yet. JJ Peterson still seems to be behind the eight ball. So if you lose eleven, to me that 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 would be massive to me you could plug in a Warren Burrell for an Alante Taylor you could plug in any of those defensive linemen for each other you could even plug in Jerome Carvin or a Trey Smith and while the the drop-off would be some it would not to be the drop-off that I think if Henry got hurt I mean he, well, he's
1: he's right. clearly the best player on
0: defense is he not as a sophomore oh I, yeah an overstatement yeah no I don't think so I, I think that's I mean he's no offense to Bryce Thompson and Lante Taylor. He's better than both those corners who have the most experience, and he's better than than, than any of their defensive linemen that they have coming up. I'll go this direction because I agree with both of you, but I think that is a given. I think if you look for somebody else, I'm going to say Craveris Crouch. And the reason being is what Austin's saying. I think Because they need only, somebody besides Henry. Well, and there's more there's more unknowns behind. And I mean, Crouch has at least played and showed you some promise. Here's the other thing, too. You probably need Crouch to be a first and second down inside linebacker, and then he may have to come up and play off the edge on third down for you to try to help you generate some pass rush. See, I, so I, I, I would put think, Crouch in there. I think Tennessee is going to play more of a
2: four-three look this year than they have in the last couple of years. I think they play less outside backers because they're not as deep and not as talented at that position.
1: I mean, and also, I mean, they're a nickel. I mean, so much now. Anyway, I mean, with that fifth, you know, the fifth guy, the
0: star yeah. guy. I just, I just think Crouch has got to be. I mean, again, I, I'm going with Henry. I, I don't disagree with you on Henry at all, but I just think Crouch is going to have to help you in two spots because Henry's going to a- occupy the middle in in third down pass situations because of his knowledge of the defense, and I think Crouch is going to be a guy who has to help you get off the edge uh, for what you're saying in that four three look. Um, or that four-two-five 2 5 look to, to get to the quarterback because Tennessee's got some, you know, going to have a hard time getting to the quarterback. I like Kevon Bennett, but DeAndre Johnson's not proven anything. They don't have anybody else who's proven at that position as well. All right, let's go to Apple Orange here. Um, UT Sports retired numbers. Who do you think should be the next ball for life footballer and basketball worthy of having their numbers retired? And he's, he actually has a good idea here on a side note. Uh, should do something on the four Vols whose numbers are retired for their service and sacrifice in World War II. Um, first of all, to to retire numbers at the University of Tennessee, particularly on the football side, somebody's going to have to rewrite the criteria. Because
2: basketball is, I mean, crazy hard too.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, 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 I, thought and the prob- re- I thought they
2: did rewrite. I thought they did rewrite the cr- the criteria, hubs, because Johnny Majors did not necessarily meet all that criteria when it got put in that basically made it seem like Peyton would be the last person ever to <laughs> get his number retired, barring someone coming along that had just a similar type of career. I-, I thought one I thought Dave Hart did help change that a few years ago, which is why Johnny's number got retired.
0: Well I th- I still think you have I still think you have a lot of pro criteria in that. Some of it's been maybe been rewritten some, but I still think it's got too much pro influence in it um, for for both in both sports. If you're going to go basketball, I think Chris Lofton, yes. you Great know, plus. would would be the guy that you would discuss there. If Football, he doesn't qualify. Right, and he doesn't qualify the way it's set right now. Um, as for outside Kevin of O'Neal, that, O'Neal, maybe? no, Kevin Nash. Come on, Rob. Holy smokes! Let, let me just throw let me throw some Butch Jones chum in the water for you there. If you're going to go down that direction, let's not talk about Kevin O'Neill. Um, what about Kevin Nash though? Kevin DC, Nash? Baby. Yeah. Why not? Why not Kevin? Nash? N.W. Wolfpack. In terms, in terms of, <laughs> in terms of, uh, in terms of football players, I, I don't know. I mean, I really, I mean, who would be on the cusp that you would say they ought to? I know a lot of people were going to say Al Wilson. You know, um, that's who I would say. But I just don't know that. I mean, I don't know that the criteria would ever be that case. I think, I think to retire a number, to completely retire a number and never wear it again, it, you got it's got to be pretty significant. It's got to be pretty special. And I love Al, but I don't know. I don't that, think they retired Johnny's
2: there. number though, did they? Just no, they retired the jersey. jersey. Yeah,
0: yeah, they just retired the jersey there. Which again, to retire the number, the pro criteria has got to be. Um, it, it, there's too much pro criteria involved in the number retirement at the college level for Tennessee. Yeah, and there's not,
1: on the basketball side, there's not pro I'm, – I'm looking at it right now, but it's – got to get three – you have to achieve three of these five things, either SEC player of the year, national, you know, a, a first-team All-American, a player of the year, like a wooden award candidate. You have to be the career record holder in a significant category, you know, points, rebounds something along those lines and have won it or have won a national
0: championship in your tier. So, so, so Grant Williams, who's a player of the year in the conference twice, doesn't qualify. Right.
1: Uh, well, he was a first team all American and you're right. He will not qualify. Yeah, he, he, did, not a, he, did, he he's not have the third one. Right. He doesn't have a career you know, record. Doesn't have a national championship. And didn't, was not the national player of the year. In yeah.
2: See, right. and, and that's where it, that's where it gets so skewed because I think you should celebrate your 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 all time great players. I mean, like I, I get the retiring of the numbers should maybe be more hard, which would make it you know very minute the numbers that would actually be retired. But I think retiring jerseys, what they did for Johnny, and having them up in a ring of honor. I mean, like Jason Witten. I mean, like Jason Witten's gonna be you know first it's thing about Hall of Famer. Right, and then a Hapale, like he—he he to me should be right, right he's first be line man, since but he he a
1: Jersey retired
2: in Knoxville. Yeah, yeah. You no, know,
1: that's my, I mean, that's you my North point. North Carolina, like the D Dome. I mean, they've got twenty jerseys hanging
0: in the rafters. Yeah, and I think that's a good point, Austin. I, I think that's something they can do a better job of celebrating those guys without actually retiring their. And numbers. Al
2: Wilson is a perfect candidate yep. for retire a jersey, not the number. He goes into the Ring of Honor. Eric Berry, once his time is done. Whenever that is, same thing.
0: Yep. you know, I, agree. I mean, you know, I agree with that. I agree with that for sure. All right, Vol Orange Eleven. When it comes to Tennessee football finishing this year, out in recruiting, take over or under on top five recruiting class. Second question: If Vegas had odds on JG being an All SEC player, over and under Woody or Woody not? All right, Austin, what do you think this class is going to finish? Let's just wait. I, that I think somewhere really? between
2: five and seven.
0: I think that there's naturally
2: going to be a little bit of a tumble there just because they're almost full now, but again though, a lot of it depends on who they replace them with. do they replace a a a, a three star with nylon green do they place a you know a three star with smile Munden? do they you know add you know some talented uh you know offensive lineman along the way Because um, I don't think they're getting a Marius Smiths, but you know where where do they you know stand with any of these other linemen? um I think a lot of it depends on who you add down the stretch. As to whether you can hold on for a top five class.
0: Yeah. All right. Time is getting away from us here. A couple of quick things. We're just going to bounce around here um, and, and and jump into a couple of things. Rob, where's Tennessee with Kennedy Chandler? A lot of the smoke been floating around that deal. Know you've been talking about him. What where's things at with him right now? I mean,
1: he's. I mean, in fact, I've tried a couple of times to get in touch with him in the last couple of weeks, but and he's keeping things close to the vest after you know, releasing his top five. And talking to people around the situation, I think Tennessee feels really good. I think Tennessee's the team to beat. I would not, I mean, you can't discount Duke and, and Coach K ever in, in, in basketball recruiting. But, um, you know, right now, I, I think Tennessee feels pretty good as we're sitting here in July. But, you know, lo- long way to go, great player, some big-time schools recruiting him that, that you're going to have to fight off until the end. But um, sit- sitting here on July 9th, as we're taping this, I think Tennessee's a team to be.
0: All right. And uh, lastly here, Austin. I'm gonna get since I'm gonna get his name right. He didn't like he did not like me calling him Ham It's Hammer Burr. Apparently he's abbreviated it to Hammer Burr, so we'll get that right. So this is Hammer Burr's question. Um recruiting opinions on Diego Pounds, uh Parker, Mims, Orr, and Pennington. So the offensive lineman.
2: Um Tennessee still talks to Pennington. I still think that's an extreme long shot. I think gotta, Mims gotta is to come to, to campus to be a factor, right? Doesn't he have to come back at some point? Yes. Uh, Mims, that. I think, is going to Georgia. Pounds, I don't think, is doing anything anytime soon. Tennessee's the best option for as far as proximity, considering he told us that he did not think he would stay in the state of North Carolina, but he did seem like he's one that likes the flashy object. So if he can go to maybe a flashier program than Tennessee, I think that he would potentially do so. Um, William Parker I think Tennessee is in a, in a really good spot there and then don't forget that they're also still talking to Jamarion Gooch the kid that's committed to Auburn out of the Kings Academy I think that's one that you know it bears watching going forward what about hey, the- who are they fighting, fighting with for Parker well, for William Parker uh you know it's it's other SEC schools but I mean he's not doing a whole lot of recruiting so I mean like you know, I don't think that, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, I think Tennessee's in a really good spot there. I think he's just waiting to to do something first of September. Now that's what he was planning on doing right at the start of his high school football season. Let's see if there is a, a high school football season.
0: Yeah. And it's obviously a college football season as well. Roderick or Austin.
2: Oh, oh, that's right. Uh, sorry. I forgot to talk about him. Um, Tennessee's done a really good job there. Jimmy Pruitt's got some ties and, uh, you know, I think – you know, it, Tennessee I think would love to add definitely to I think potentially three offensive linemen in this class. If you could go Parker or Gooch, I think that would be a pretty good close to the class if you can flip Gooch.
0: All right. My last question, but because it's on there, we, did, we just – some of the stuff we didn't get to and kind of bounced around a little bit. Where are you guys on, on a football season this fall? I mean, I just – I mean, I've said it before,
1: just the the money aspect of it. I mean, I just – I don't know how they flush that. I mean, I don't know how, you know, ESPN, CBS, you know, ABC. I, whether there's fans in the stands or not, I have a hard time thinking that those people are going to sell commercials and, and show college football on Saturday. I know there's a lot of hurdles, you know, to get there. But in the end, I mean, the, the dollar signs – to me,
2: make it make, make me think there's going to be a lot of people trying to make it happen. Yeah, I, I think especially in this league, uh, probably more of a commitment, you know, even if they just played conference games hubs, you know, maybe like two a month, every couple of weeks they play a game. Uh, I, I think that that, that would, uh, you know, be something that, you know, it, they're going to, you know, tr- throw out different avenues, whether it be – and I think that, you know, they're going to kick the can as far down the road as, as they can get it. Because we talked about this. When we sat down and did that Zoom with you know me, you Swin, and Packer, we talked about this in our podcast before and on in, in the and in the chat. Why not kick it all the way down the road until you can kick it no more? And then if you deem it to be too dangerous to play, then you just at that point you move it back to spring and you've got another four or five months to get it all figured out.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest question is you know from the college football business model financially, can you? Can college football play? And I know the TV money's there, but it's not like NFL TV money where we're talking, you know, $18, $19 billion. How much does the college football, to, for, to balance out and, and, and pay bills in the athletic department, how much do you need to have full-capacity stadiums? Because I don't think an NFL stadium is going to have more than 20,000 fans in it. I think you're looking at fifteen to 20,000 fans. So a Neyland Stadium, if you take, 75,000 fans out of the stadium at a hundred dollars a ticket. That's a lot of revenue lost there. And, and can you, even with the T is that enough with TV money and limited number of fans in the stands to, to handle all your businesses? I don't know that. I will say this as we close it out, the NFL saying um, on, as we tape this um, teams are going to be forbidden from post game interactions within six feet of each other. You cannot do Jersey swaps anymore in the NFL. Some people are really happy with that move, by the way. Um, media will not be allowed in the locker room and teams must travel to the stadium via a bus. I guess there's no individual travel into the stadium, uh, whatever that means. And there's no on-field fan seating. I don't, I, don't, I guess that's in Jerry's world where they have some on-field fan seating, but nobody's going to be close to the field there with the NFL. So the NFL starting to lay some parameters out there. We saw the Ravens talking about their seating capacity as well. So all those questions are coming about. We'll see where college football is in another week as uh, they continue to ride it out and kick the can down the road a little further, as Austin mentioned, that they will continue to do that. That's gonna do it for this edition of the VolQuest.com Mailbag Podcast. Hey, in East Tennessee, you need a reliable heating and air system designed for your home and our climate. You need a team that's trained and held to the highest standards. You need a local company like Blue Water Climate Control. Our friends there, veteran-owned, family-operated, they're gonna take care of you for whatever you need. They're gonna send out an expert, not a salesperson. If you need a new system or a major repair, They're going to take care of it the right way for you. Um, And and they're going to tell you exactly what you need. You may not need a new system. You may just need a repair there. They're going to give you exactly what you need to make your system work to the best of its ability for you, giving you the comfort that you need, the indoor air quality you need, and the energy efficiency you need. They've got options for financing, which includes same as cash, even rent to own. Give them a call today at 865-299-2290 or visit them at bluewaterclimatecontrol.com to make an appointment. Blue Water is an authorized dealer for American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. For Rob Lewis and Austin Price, I'm Brent Hubbs. That's going to do it. Have a great weekend, everybody.